Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. All right, RJ, now let's look at this from the Colts side of things. We have talked about the Colts before we had to re-record this episode. We mentioned the Colts as a potential powerhouse if they can acquire a quarterback and use some of their cap space to sign some free agent-wide receivers you pointed out that they are one of the best quarterback destinations of any team in the league. Well, now they have their quarterback. What do you think of the move from their perspective? So I know that we both agree that the Eagles did a fantastic job here. And I think that when you say that out loud, that means that the Colts kind of caved or bit or whatever. I think this is a relatively low cost, you know, expense for the Colts as well, because there's there's no doubt that there is elite quarterback play in Carson Wentz's history, and there's no doubt that it has been heavily associated with Frank Reich. We talked about how the Colts, right to your point, you just said it, well, I guess to my point, really, to credit me, uh, <laughs> we're, we're the most quarterback-friendly situation in the NFL. They are also the most Carson Wentz-friendly situation in the NFL. That is the middle of the Venn diagram here, and so I think it makes sense. And so if you're talking about the highest you know, acquisition cost at acquiring Carson Wentz here is a 2022 first round pick and you are probably going to be a playoff team in each of those two seasons if this goes that way I mean who cares you know what I mean like you're, you're talking about a, a pick in the 20 late 20s maybe even early 30s next year and so that's a totally fine situation for me if you are the Indianapolis Colts I think though to the point we already kind of said or re-recorded I don't know what's lost now in history but you you have to surround him now we, we just heard from BLG you have to learn from the transgressions of the Philadelphia Eagles you have to go get whether it's Allen Robinson Kenny Galladay whatever the case may be you have to surround Carson Wentz and make sure that he can excel I do also think uh, a low level of importance to this whole trade and I know this was talked about but is that Carson Wentz is no longer in an extremely high profile sports city he is safely in the Midwest you know it's it's Indianapolis the focus is on Hoosiers and all that nonsense but he's, he's not going to be the subject of the same heated sports talk radio which is important for his psyche yeah, I think that the stars are kind of aligning for him. Everything is good right now. If he fails, I feel like it's on him. He's going to the Colts. He's going back with Frank Reich, who was, of course, the Eagles offensive coordinator in 2016 and 2017. According to ESPN Stats and Info, in their last season together, Wentz led the league in total QBR at 78 and a half, and he threw an Eagles franchise record 33 passing touchdowns. So he's got a coach that he can supposedly work with. He's going to have a team with a great offensive line, which the Colts already have. And if they spend money in free agency, which I think they will, not to mention whatever else they do in the draft, like all the boxes are checked for Carson Wentz to have success in Indianapolis. If he can't do it here, he can't do it anywhere. But I love the move from the Colts perspective. 
I do want to say stats because it's my job to make everything about the Dallas Cowboys. Two things here. Um, the 2016 quarterbacks that Dak has been most compared to have obviously been Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Within that two points, number one, Dak is very clearly the best. I think he has been for some time now. I don't think anybody's disputing that. Number two, a fun fact about it all. All three of them, at least for some point in their careers, ended up wearing blue and white. Pretty funny how that all worked out. Uh, but secondly, the most important, <laughs> you know, uh, thing to take away from this is the Eagles signed Carson Wentz to a massive contract extension two years ago. And the same is true for Jared Goff and the Rams. And they just got a, at worst, second and third round pick out of it, which is a flagrant failure by the Dallas Cowboys to not sign Dak Prescott. And, and we've already, we talked about this on this episode that we're kind of adding to re-recording, whatever. Do not be afraid to make the deals. If you are a creative enough front office, you can get out of, is not the right way to put it, but for lack of a better term, you can get out of anything. You can rework things. Yeah. You've got to absorb, you know, you know, cap space and dead money or whatever the case may be, but you can get out of it. You can, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Carson Wentz era was kind of an embodiment of that idea. They very quickly got out of the mess that Chip Kelly put them in. And so the fact that, and, and the last thing is Dak Prescott could have been signed to the same market value that Jared Goff and Carson Wentz got, and the Cowboys blew that and they should be destroyed for it. Yeah. I mean that it's a whole separate situation, but you're hundred percent right. I agree with absolutely everything you're saying. Like, Good teams can find a way out if they make mistakes. That doesn't mean you shouldn't swing for the fences. It shouldn't doesn't mean you shouldn't make big moves. That that's the wrong mindset to be in. You're never going to succeed if you're always living in your fears, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.